Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then move my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. We are inside a Mississippi minute. My guest today is a man I've come to really know and admire since moving back to Mississippi. He's become a friend indeed, and I am a fan. How far back? Does the dream have to start? How much ink and paper do you have to have to go through to plan? And how hard do you have to work to become the 64th governor of Mississippi? Please welcome my buddy, Governor Phil Bryant. Steve, so good to be here with you. I can't Love the show, Mississippi Minute. We're going to yeah. do a little bit more in a minute this morning. Yeah, we have yeah. 60 of them. 60, good, yeah. good, It's good. funny, Gary Valentine, who's uh, I just interviewed, who's uh, they're on the hit TV show Kevin Can Wait right now. Yeah. He said, you mean a Mississippi Hour? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> he's from New York, and so we, we've had, he's had some fun with it. And he comes to the Delta Soul every year, great. never missed it, and helps host, and, uh, and, and so that's great. Okay, so yeah. we're going to dig right into it. I want to talk about... Yeah. You growing up in the Delta, uh, for me, it gave me an identity. It gave me a voice and a pen. To me, the rearview mirror is the good stuff, and that's what led you here today. And I want to know about your background. You know, it's just so much of it uh, I, I see today that influences you. I think we're all still those probably three- to five-year-old kids, whether it's good or bad. And being born in Moorhead, Mississippi, was so unique, a little small town there. My yeah. dad was a mechanic, so he sort of worked on the farm equipment. Mom, uh, as most of the ladies did there, helped support the family and, um, and, and work at home, try to keep her three boys. My grandfather uh, was a Roberts. My mom was a Roberts. So all of the family in there are Robertses. He owned a little bit of land, and so his boys and all of them, my uncles and cousins, all uh, farmed up there. Everybody farmed. So this was in 1954 when I was born there. I know that's kind of hard to believe. My children are like, Dad, 54. I'm on your hills, so <laughs> I, I understand it. I'm right there. And uh, Dr. Phillips, who was the local doctor, who was the only doctor that we ever knew as children, uh, delivered me, I think, in the early morning hours of the 9th of December in a clinic 
mm-hmm. there in Moorhead on the second story, uh, and uh, uh, you know, it wasn't a hospital or anything. He just would bring in and deliver babies, and then he had a, a little small clinic next door that we used to call the New Clinic, which was built in about 1962. We thought that was state of the art, right? Uh, and so, if you broke an arm, or like I did, maybe it m- might have been 1961 or so, uh, had a little firecracker uh, uh, incident. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah, some papers. Was it legal? Was it legal? It, it, well, my my demonic oh, my. brothers were out, and we were tossing <laughs> firecrackers, and <laughs> and the wind caught one, and we all did, and, and uh, the paper stuck to my eye. So you're kidding? No. So Doctor Phillips, this is Christmas Day. And this is so Delta. I, I remember everyone's in there, and my aunt made the greatest pecan pies in the world. Oh, and it. so all we had to do was go out and pick up pecans, and, and, and Aunt Rita Mae would, would make the pecan pies. And she was so cool because she let me sleep on the front porch of her house, which had a screen. And so that was really, right. you well, know, all sorts of... Very important yeah. if it was summertime. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, and, and, and sort of the coming of age. And so go into Dr. Phillips. He freezes my eye, <laughs> scrapes the paper off, and gives me a black patch and says, wear this the rest of the week. So, you know, and so I went back home being a pirate on Christmas oh, yeah. Day, and, and we had this marvelous Christmas dinner. So I remember all of those unique times, but everything... That I can remember they're built. Just I tell people, I remember crossing cotton fields when my brothers were older. And they could go from the top of one road to the next, stepping across that. And I was too little. So I'd kind of have to go down and up and down and up. That makes you understand life. It's yeah. down and ups. It's uh, when you can finally hit the top of one road to the next. It's playing with the kids in the area, black and white. We. We had no idea that they were any better off or less off than we were. So you know this about the Delta. Race relations are totally different. Totally different. It, 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 we Everyone grew up together. We, you know. Yeah. Now, now, we were, I tell people there were, there were planters and there were farmers. So we were farmers. And so we knew everybody's mom, everybody's kids, everybody's dad. We all played right. together, hunted together. That helped me become, I think, a better man and... Um, a better father and a better governor. You know, and represent all the people, which yeah. is, which for me too, growing up in the Delta, um, I was around to such diversity. Yeah. Uh, and not just because of music, because of my parents. Sure. And it was their, it was their way. And their friends were, were from all denominations and they were uh, of all color. There was never a question. Yeah, obviously, really bad things happen, and it's heartbreaking now as I, as I look back and, you know, just a child going through the Civil Rights Museum and trying oh, yeah. to grasp the terrible things that, that happened in those days. But also, the Delta was this uh, eclectic mix of uh, Italian families. All on the farm, right? Uh, all, still, yeah, yeah. still on the farm. Uh, and, and owning restaurants. We had a, a Chinese uh, gentleman who owned right. uh, a wonderful grocery there. Right. Um, in fact, his son now, I think, was head of, I want to say, the accounting department at Delta State. I met him years ago. Um, but I remember his mom and dad as I would come into that grocery to, to buy one of those lemon cookies out of a jar. Oh, you know, health department probably wouldn't let you do the that. The ones out of the jar, and I don't remember that. So oh, yeah. I remember those lemon cookies in the. In my, you know, my mom grew up on Highway 61 in Clarksdale. Mm. My dad in Greenville. She lived uh, an, above her grocery store as a little girl, yeah. and I remember going to that grocery store and getting these lemon cookies in the. Pa- but it probably these were Jacks. Jacks lemon cookies. Oh, so you could open the jar yeah. and. 
Yeah, to- totally, Jenny, get, yeah, totally yeah, FDA precepts. non-approved, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good for you. So we're talking to Governor <clears throat> Phil Bryant. I want to talk to you about the Civil Rights Museum in just yeah. a bit. So I, I definitely want to go there because uh, it's amazing. It's a, be- it it's is. a beautiful facility. It's a, I mean, facility is a bad word. It's it's just it's gorgeous. The building is gorgeous. And I can't wait to hear you talk about that. And mm-hmm. also, I've noticed since social media and everybody's got a voice now, wasn't that long ago, you just couldn't say anything bad about whoever was in charge. And yeah. and now it's a, it just, I know you deal with it. We all deal with it. You know, being an artist, you deal with it. And, I mean, you get called names and you get, and it's almost like, what happened to the respect factor? Yeah. Uh, and it just, you know, it, I think that that's something that... Um, should, you know, shouldn't go unnoticed, but there. I guess it's just so many people have a voice now. You can, I guess they can't it's keep up with it. It's just sort of this great bathroom wall that you think you can write on, uh, right. uh, with anonymity, and a, and no one will. You don't have to look at people saying bad things about them. Uh, on the other hand, you can put out positive messages, and so we continue to tell people. For example, in Mississippi, we had a record number of visitors last year. Twenty three point. One five twenty three million over twenty three million people came to visit a state that has three million people living in. That's just amazing, yeah. and you pushed us to do the mighty Mississippi. And every year I go, and you, you get, well, you get excited about it. I, yeah. I get excited that you get excited, and we have people from all over the world. And we had a map this year that one of the guys that helps us, Mark, was there, and he said, "I've got a Lions Club map of the world," and people <laughs> put pins in it. Oh, how great. there must have been twenty countries and. 25 states represented. I mean, they were Amazing. from all over the world, all the way to Australia and Ireland and the Canary Islands. I mean, I, yeah. I saw these, Norway wow. and Germany, and I'm going like, this is what we're talking about. Now, sure. I guess that there's all these events, besides the mighty Mississippi, obviously, who you've supported. You've been you've been so, you know, the MDA. I get to see a lot of them. Well, you get to see a lot of yeah, them. So talk about some of the— Another good things. Well, like, let me give you an example. Yeah. So many things around the arts. We had the Blues Marathon. I ran the 5K, not the whole marathon, but I ran the 5K. My daughter ran the 10K, so it was a father-daughter morning for us. Uh, but every uh, every state in America was represented. Had runners there. I think there were five or six different uh, foreign nations that and were there. And where was this, Governor? It was in downtown Jackson. Okay. So only Mississippi could you get away with saying, "Okay, we're having a blues marathon." So oh, you're yeah, playing yeah, the yeah. blues music, right? You know, as everyone's running, it's a blues theme. Now you're a runner. Uh, yeah. You're my daughter's a runner, so yeah. so I don't understand that because <laughs> you know I have to have a ball in my hand to do anything. You're so, a pretty good walk athlete. Down the golf course yeah. with a little white ball chasing that. Well, little I guy. can't do any of that, so all I can do is put <laughs> shoes on and run. Well, my body, my body doesn't feel comfortable enough in my knees and, <laughs> and all that. So keep going. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't it, interrupt. But, but just that the the fact that we were there in, in the Mississippi Arts Museum registering it was a, around a music theme. Uh, and so is we were hearing a very cool rendition uh, of our national anthem, sort of Jimi Hendrix light with wow. a little blues cooked in. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And so uh, just if we're going to run, it's going to be around music. If we're going to have museums, it's going to be around like B.B. King. And, and I can tell you that that day that we opened the B.B. King Museum, I was there. And uh, what a remarkable Mississippi moment oh. that was. Oh. Uh, I remember a young man coming up. He was there uh, from Germany on, on his honeymoon. 
and had his little wife with just him. Just happened to be there? They or, came or all they the came way for the that. opening of the B.B. King yeah. Museum on yeah. their honeymoon. I said, you romantic devil, you. Yeah, that's, you brought this young lady to Indianola, Mississippi. That's saying it all right there. Yeah. We're with Governor Phil Bryant, and we're going to uh, keep talking about his childhood, the love of his life, and, uh, and the importance in the arts. arts and Entertainment, music, all those great right. things. Right. We'll be right back. Stand by. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Flying down that levee road, trying to see how fast you go. I'm back with a dear friend of mine, Governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi, and uh, I want to talk... Uh, Civil Rights Museum. Yeah. I, w- I want to talk about how it got started. Uh-huh. You know wh- how long it took, and what it took for it to all. I, I, come I think about. it probably started a decade or more ago when uh, members of the legislature, African Americans, and all of us started talking about what that era looked like, mm-hmm. and what do you do about it. A lot of people think, well, don't talk about it. Maybe it'll go away, and you, you can't do that. It was a strange um, but remarkable era where. People were being persecuted and threatened and, and lives taken over registering to vote. Right. Just think about that. Nowadays, we, 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 we do everything we can to try to tell people, go vote, register to vote. We, we beg them to do it. We have uh, voter registration weeks. And, and lives were lost because African Americans were trying to register to vote across the South uh, during the Jim Crow era. Mm. So we thought as we progressed during the process of how do you pay for it, because this is about a $70 million ask, that we put some state money into it when I was lieutenant governor. And we raised a lot, or they, the committee, raised a lot of private funds. And we think, we, we know we have the only uh, state funded civil rights museum in America because it, 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 we didn't want, we could have gotten one and said we're going to raise private money and it would have been a small museum. And all of us were determined to say if it's going to be a museum, it's got to be uh, Smithsonian like. Well, it is. And it is. And go mean, online if you're anywhere listening and look at it and then come 60,000 visitors, 60,000 people have, have been through that museum and the Mississippi History Museum. Well, they museum. just opened. It, uh, December the 9th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, we've, you had Christmas, you had holidays, you had New Year's. Right. And you still had 60,000 people already in a month. Good point. Think about, you know, how many people were home for the holidays yeah. and traveling and not, not saying, well, let me go visit a museum. So, no. Yeah, 60,000 no, in, uh, in about a month. So it is... Uh, the president, as I said, was there. Uh, he was very moved by what he saw. It is reflective of the uh, of the struggle. It is reflective of the civil rights mm-hmm. heroes who put their very lives on the line. Some lives were taken uh, because of what they were doing. But right. uh, it is something that we must reflect on. We must talk about it. And it is all there laid to bear. And the Mississippi History Museum, from the very beginning, our Native Americans, the Choctaw, Cherokee, beginning with... Right. Uh, all uh, of the early recorded uh, settlers in the Mississippi, many of which were had fought in the Revolutionary War. Right. And then when it became a free nation, began to move uh, west. And we were part of the great western frontier. 
It's uh, just amazing. Yeah. I know. We're with Governor Phil Bryant, 64th Governor of Mississippi. I like being on this side of the microphone for a change. <laughs> Somebody said last night about the award that you have bestowed upon me. And is, like I said, I'm humbled uh, and honored because, you know, more than any CMA or Grammy or anything, to be loved in your home state is like the ultimate, especially from a music place like we have in the history. That matters to me more than anything. That was always my goal in life to be able to make music that people appreciated here. You coming back and and being uh, our ambassador for the last year to the entire world for our music and arts has meant I just, so I live, much for I live us. for it. Uh, I live I for know. it. I, I mean, you and it. I have this excitement. We, get, we start talking about Mississippi and all the music and entertainment and not only what has passed, uh, but what the future will look I, like i think there is one. Oh my goodness i mean you know it's it's so many things we can talk about today and i want to be able to do that but the governor's arts awards for example this is the 30th year that we will have the governor's arts awards and so yeah, it's a it. very special day um and, and yeah I, I will i will be excited that you will be receiving the uh governor's choice award That's wild. uh something that uh as as governor we get to we get to say what what artist do you want to pick for him for your governor's of choice and believe me it is difficult there they are artists across this state um that we turn to every day and don't realize it as we had randy hauser for example in just last week great songwriter what a great guy Mac McAnally, well, Mac, you know, on. we lay out for Mac. <laughs> I mean, we've, uh, you know, come on, and of course Marty. I mean, we're yeah, Marty fond Stewart. of Marty the way we are. I mean, great it's just, guy. I mean, such a history. Faith Hill, a couple of people yeah. like that. So you go down the list of Mississippi artists. But uh, the other thing that we recognize in these thirty years is this is the birthplace of America's music. It's where it all began, where it all started. You and I can talk about all the musical genres that have been created because of this place. If you think about it, I've gone through this list of famous musicians as I ask, and I've had so many of my guests go, they're from there? They're from Mississippi? I said, well, yeah. And as I've looked through the list... I have seen people I didn't know were from Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, it's like it never ends. And, and when I went through the Tammy Wynette uh, oh, Tammy. L- uh, Center that is in Tremont, Mississippi, her right. little museum, and it's growing. I say a little bit, it's growing. And you think back again, this is a lady that started in Tremont, was a hairdresser, and became the queen of country music. I mean, it, it can't happen. No. <laughs> only in Mississippi. Only in Mississippi. Yeah. And, so, and then went on as I had forgotten, and I started looking at some of her album covers. She kind of went into pop later in her career and right. was doing some crossover things well, in this in the late 1960s with the Beatles and all of that stuff going that, on. That's exactly yeah. right. I think, what, I think what Mississippi offers is I've always called myself a mutt. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean yeah. that is just the truth. So I think what happens is we're influenced by gospel early, I mean, and then the blues, yep. and then you know had Elvis, it became rock and roll. There's all of these influences, and there's the folk, yeah. and the, and the you know and all that. So there's all these influences, and we're sort of getting pulled artistically, and it, I mean we're and so we come out this way that challenges us to go make a pop record, challenge go make a folk record, a gospel record, a rock and roll record, a country record, and I think that that is. It's a benefit, but sometimes in my case, it could be a little bit because I follow, you know, I've always wanted both feet in Mississippi. And when you're making art and you're making music, when I was back, it was the first time I never thought about instrumentation. I didn't think about a genre, a box. I thought about us. 
yeah. and it came out being what it is, which is in the middle of nowhere. It, <laughs> so, and it has to be difficult because where do you go? Do you go with Jimmy Rogers in that country? Look, I, I remember listening to Jimmy Rogers as a child. My dad had some of the old albums. And if you listen to this guy, no one had ever played like that. No, He's no got a one. box guitar. He's sitting right. in a recording studio. And it's this blues country rhythm thing that just just in the 1920s and 30s, people had never heard of. No, it's it was all innovative. All we can do now at this point is just draw from that as artists. And speaking of Jimmy Rogers, yeah. I do want to talk to you about Meridian and what's going on there because uh, it, that sounds just uh, amazing. So, Arts and Entertainment Center will be opening, we think, around April 26th or 27th. We're trying to get some dates that we can all put. But you're, you're right. This is going to be a centerpiece for Arts and Entertainment for all of the artists, and it will showcase all of the Mississippi artists, particularly the uh, the Jimmy Rogers, but uh, everyone from Mississippi. The one thing that I insisted on when we began to build was a recording studio. I said, you've got to have a recording okay, studio. Okay, explain that. Explain that. Because I, we've got so many young, great musicians that are now in high school. Right. I mean, the next Steve Azar is probably in the ninth grade out there. And so if they want to record uh, a song, they want to write a song, record it, they probably got to go to Nashville or somewhere and rent a studio, I guess, figure out an agent, whatever you do to go through all of that. Right. But if I'm sitting in, in, in Pelahatchee and I've got a song and I want to be an entertainer and I'm in the 10th grade, how do I figure? Well, what you have, all you can do now is go to one of the big studios and I guess try to uh, find somebody to record it. I want you to be able to go to Meridian. I, I want to have juniors and high school kids that show up and we say, yeah, go on in there. Uh, we're going to have a guy turn it on for you and right. you record your song. So then you can take it to Nashville if you want to, but you got right. you got something going for you. So the Delta Music Institute, you're very familiar with right. the Delta State. That used to be where we played basketball, basketball that place. <laughs> and it's, it's bizarre to me. It and is. then And it's so awesome. And then on the golf course sits the Grammy Museum uh, on hole number, the green number five, hole number six. So that was a big part of, of yeah. when I went to Delta State. And now it's all music. Yeah. And so for me, it's a win-win. But I guess what I'm saying is there's these studios, the Delta Music That's Institute, right. that are, that Studio A is, is mammoth. Mm. It's incredible. It's an incredible sounding room. I guess my point is Meridian, Delta Music Institute. I would love to see it because I'd like to not take it to Nashville and eventually let it come exactly. out of here. Exactly. And and you use Nashville because we got our friends. Our friends right. are doing sure. wonders right now there. Yeah. We could record it here. It doesn't have to be made. Uh, absolutely. One of the dreams that I have is to use a studio with, over Meridian to, to let artists come in and say, pick your favorite Jimmy Rogers song. Oh, that's awesome. So we get you and Mac and Randy and and, and all, anyone yeah. that wants to come that's from Mississippi to say, okay, I got a Jimmy Rogers song. So we got all Mississippi artists doing Jimmy Rogers in their style. I think people are, would want to buy it, and then we maybe use that money to help support arts and entertainment well, center. If, but, if, and it, with the streaming thing, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a, with the way it goes now, as songwriters, it, it beats the heck out of us. But with that said, it's part of the equation now. So, yeah, we'd have our own Spotify playlist. We'd do all that. I'm with Governor Phil Bryant. We do let you play DJ for a minute. And so I want you to pick a, a song, and maybe we'll give you both, but Sam Cooke or Tammy Wynette? 
Oh, oh. I gave you a hard oh, I know. Come on, man. I know. I didn't want to give you just Sam Elvis Cook. And Love Sam, Sam Cook. Cook because he was so cool. God, he was great. Just, I mean, you look at him, he had that sort of rat pack cool Eve. It's like he moved in rhythm. We're going to be right back. <laughs> We're having a blast. Uh, I hate that I've only got a, an hour of his time today, but he's got a state to run. So we'll be right back. Thanks. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We have the privilege of taking him away from state duties and uh, all sorts of affairs important to the great state of Mississippi. I'm with uh, Governor Phil Bryant, a buddy of mine. Uh, just excited to be in the room. This is the first face-to-face interview. I, I started with John Daly. He was in Florida. Michael Waltrip was on the golf course. Uh, you know, I've had Gary Valentine's in his car in New York traffic. I've had all <laughs> these guys uh, uh, building balls at his home. And so this is the first time I've, you and me, this is going to be the only it? face-to-face interview I ever, I'll ever I, do. I am honored. I know. I love put it. this on the list. I know. This is you it. know, we were talking earlier, though, about the Delta and, and something that I will never forget and, and always cherish and be saddened of was B.B. King's funeral. Right. Uh, when the great B.B. King passed away, and I'd known B.B. In fact, B.B. was born in a little place called Edabina at Berkeley. I'm sorry, Berkeley, just outside of Edabina. So I love that. Outside suburb. of Edabina. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's suburb good. of Edabina. <clears throat> and Berkeley, where my mother was born. So mother was born in, uh, I think I've got this right, 1926. B.B. was born in 27, and both of them in Berkeley. Uh, and I remember us talking about that and said, how does this happen? My mother and B.B. are born in this little hamlet together. So let's talk about the little hamlet. How, how big? How oh, Berkeley is a community. There's right. a little sign up there now that says Berkeley. I think it's B-E-R-C-L-A-I-R-E, uh, and it's probably 100 people or so. That's my point. Yeah. Think about how small that is and impactful. So keep going. And so my mother born to, to a farming family uh, with five children. So uh, if you ever watch Old Brother War, thou, yeah. they were probably Multiple the times. ones that were barefooted and out there farming. Right. She was in, in the... In fact, there, uh, my grandmother and my mother were put on a train by my grandfather when the great flood came right. and sent to Jackson while he stayed and tried to save as much of the farm as he could. Think about that. And so, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. It's and a lot and my, my grandmother would tell me she about a month later, my grandfather shows up at the house of the cousin where they were all staying together, and they had not heard from him. Didn't know if he was alive. Didn't know. There was no, like, phones or anything. They were all, in those days, they were, there, there was no, the only way you could contact was just show up. And um, and and mother and them load back up and on the train and go back and start their life again. So and when I was a child, everything was before the flood of 1927 and after right. the flood. They still, it left an indelible mark. The B.B. King burial it was something in that small Baptist church that day that I sat there and they had asked me to speak because B.B. and I had become friends, and uh, and I was the governor. And I had four African-American Baptist preachers go before me. 
Now, you and I have heard that before. <laughs> they are good. Let me tell you, yeah. you hear. Well, you're good, but they are good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, they is there was church going on yeah, in, that, yeah. in, in that church that day, and, and I had to speak after that, did the best I could. But going to the graveside, walking that 100 yards across a muddy field, um, as they brought the casket out, some of the gentlemen that were trying to cross it slipped. I'm standing there with Marty Stewart. I instinctively, in the rain, run out. I stop and say, can I help you? And they said, we wish yeah, they, you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I grab a hold of B.B. Of King's um, coffin, and we make our way to his gravesite. That's uh, amazing. See, that's, that's a Mississippi moment that it's hard well, that to you'll explain. you'll never, ever forget. Yeah. And it is your instincts that come into play there, and your love, your ah. admiration, your affection for... Our music. I love mm-hmm. it because people always ask, Steve, what is it about the Delta in Mississippi besides B.B., Mr. King, yeah, and, and Albert King, and Eugene Powell, and Little Milton slipping in and out, and all this stuff. Charlie Patton, Muddy Charlie Waters. Charlie Patton, are you kidding? Muddy Waters. But, yeah. but this is what I still can't get over. I can't get over <laughs> the Muppets and Jim Henson. Yeah. Because that to <laughs> right. me, that to me, you can say that to anybody. Well, so many people you can. You can go Elvis. You can go Conway Twitty. You, you know, you know, you. It never ends. You can be uh, on the North Pole and you can talk about these people, and everybody goes, "Oh yeah." I mean, and that's what amazes me, and I think that's what gets people and to the come. Muppets changed the world. Okay, come on. I mean, now I, I still can't get over it. I'm, <laughs> I'm having issues right now. They're still making movies about it. My grandchildren will be watching it. I think yeah. generations hence will know about it. And um, another Mississippi guy, well, just I, creative genius. I, I know. And I, when I was a kid, I remember being in Nashville before I had my first hits. Quinn was pregnant with our first child, Strack. They were doing something on one of the day shows or one of the morning shows, and they had Jim, Mr. Henson's mom, on there, and she had a book that that they did. That was his drawings before Ernie became Ernie, before Bert became yeah. Bert. It was like before they were grown up. These Muppets yeah. were grown up. And I used oh. to see that book when I was a little kid. How about uh, Well, that? it wasn't a book. It was the drawings. It just hit home for me that that's such a historical moment And as a kid. And I think those are the little things along the way for me that made me go, I can do this. Because yeah. I'm watching this, and I was there. So why can't I make music that matters and... I mean, yeah, I think... Oh, you have. Uh, I mean, you, you and, and the Kingsman, uh, oh, it's the show you guys put together with the Kingsman, it's just so rich and real and moving. That must have been an amazing experience well, we, for Mississippi artists. Speaking of B.B. King, we recorded that in Club <clears throat> Ebony. Nobody had ever turned that into a recording studio. It was, it was a process. And so soon you're going to be able to watch the documentary that will come out on Apple and Amazon and all that. And it's called Something in the Water, the film. Yeah. We, we forced our son, who is a filmmaker in California, we broke the child labor laws. I apologize. He I'm did a remarkable it. job. And wow. so he's, take, he's done that for us. And, and I love it because he was the only guy that could have got it. And even though he was born and raised in Nashville, I'm telling you, the minute he became had a backdrop that mm-hmm. mattered at all yeah. was when the Delta became his backdrop. It's almost canvas. like a spirit, and it's hard to explain to people. Right. It is the land, it's the people, it's the water, uh, the history. You just feel it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I tell people when I cross that bridge in Vicksburg, I'm sorry, in Yazoo City going over and you see that Delta there. You you begin to feel that very special kinship that we all have with it, right? Uh, and look look at the effect that it's had. When when I was a teenager, and I heard Eric Clapton. 
playing down at the crossroads. I just thought it was the coolest rock and roll song I'd heard. I had no idea it was about the Delta. Right. took me a while to figure out what he was talking about. Well, because we were all in the middle of all this stuff, so we've been just sort of like accustomed to being in it. We had a guest at the mansion a couple of years ago um, that was a producer of one of the movies that was called Get On Up, the bioptic of James Brown that was filmed here and uh, directed by Tate Taylor. Uh, But it was Mick Jagger. So uh, they call me and say, we've got Jagger who wants to come by at the closing party. I was hosting this, the, the team that was putting it all together. And they said, don't tell anybody. You can invite a couple of people. And I said, okay, we did that. So he, he walks into my office as he comes in, and we're going to take a few photographs. And he sees a picture of B.B. King, and he looks at me. This is Mick Jagger. And he said, me and B.B. together, he said, you know B.B. King? And I said, yeah, I know B.B. and told him a few stories. He said, you know, if it wasn't for B.B., there wouldn't be a Rolling Stone. It, it, we, we, no. we heard that sound, and we right. said, we want to emulate that sound. And it was going through their bodies and their hearts and souls and turning into what they did that just makes it so great because it became so unique. So the ripple effect of hearing right. a kid from Berkeley or a young man from Berkeley playing a blues guitar and singing, these kids in Great Britain in the early 1960s hear that, and it changes the world. So the Stones, the right. uh, Eric Clampton, all those guys right. uh, that were influenced by another Delta guy. Somebody told me the other day, and I didn't know this story, that, that when Keith Richards and Mick Jagger met, it was at a train station. Keith Richards had all these albums, and on the out was Muddy Waters. Yeah. Uh, he could see. And it was all these blues records. And they, they, he says, you like him? And he goes, yeah, you like And that's how sort of it happened. And to think that it was all influenced by the place that you and I grew up in the middle of and uh, is just, to me... You know, uh, as you think about Robert Johnson and, you know, that now, story, and now, you know, legendary. And, and, and look, I had a group at the mansion just a couple of weeks ago, some uh, producers, and they're in interested in doing a movie about Theodore Roosevelt. I'm a big TR fan. Mm-hmm. And the bear hunt. And Boy, particularly around Holt Collier. that Rolling Fork area? Uh, the bear onward. It was onward. at Onward, Mississippi. Okay, onward, yep. The guys come in and they, they want to make it where it was made. And we can tell them exactly where that's at. There's a Theodore Roosevelt Interpretation Center there at Onward. Uh, but we we'll, we we may get a great movie, and uh, there's uh, a couple of really big names that are interested in uh, being a part of that. But wow. it also around Holt Collier, who was uh, an African American, former slave. Uh, the president called him the best hunter in North America, and he's the guy that brought the bear across the trail uh, <laughs> where the president was at. That the president refused to shoot that day because he had been stunned and tied. And a lady in New York heard about it, made a little stuffed animal that became the teddy bear. I, the teddy bear I mean, came out of Onward, Mississippi. That's the, I love that story because I used to go eat at, uh, and I came back, uh, Jim's Cafe is a landmark on, yeah. on Main Street. And Gus just passed away. He was a beautiful man, good friends of my dad, and his, his granddaughter's taken over the place. And so on the wall is that hunt mm. and so much history he used to tell me this story that you're telling me, yeah. and he'd tell it to me every time. He told me a lot, <laughs> yeah. like it was the first time. And I never get tired of hearing it. It's like you said, Old Brother Arthur. I'll never get tired of watching it. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, and Love you, it. You know, the great thing about Old Brother is when we bring Dan Tominski, who's won 15 Grammys, Dan said he keeps the foam from where the Grammys sit as part of his studio tile on his walls. <laughs> and he, I said, we have 15 of them. He goes, I don't know where the trophies are. But it's so funny. Dan obviously sang Man of Constant Sorrow. 
Right. And, and so oh. he comes down to the Delta Soul every year and he plays it. Everybody's like, everybody becomes a soggy bottom boy. That's it. I'm with Governor Phil Bryant. We're going to be right <laughs> back. Every time that I take all the hurt and mistakes lives down every street I've been on. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. You can hear the show Saturday afternoons 1 until 3, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Gary Klein and Kelly Jordan are our pros from the Bassmaster Elite Series. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon takes care of all of our big game needs. Plus, Tom Dockin and Ronnie Smith will help you build a better bird dog. Not to mention the fact that we just have a whole heck of a lot of fun with a lot of great guests. I hope you'll be a regular. Hey, we'll see you in the camp house this Saturday at 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm back with a dear friend of mine, Governor Phil Bright of Mississippi. I'm in awe of what you do every day. I know what it took to have that person, uh, you know, with me on this ride. You know, and she continues to be on it. With the First Lady, Deborah, when you guys are embarking on your career and deciding you want to run for lieutenant governor and she was so involved in St. Dominic's. Absolutely. And so you both had this background, but at what point for you guys did y'all go, it's time? In 1986, um, I had the opportunity to go to the White House uh, and represent the Mississippi Junior Chamber of Commerce. I was about 31, maybe 30 years old. Uh, the JCs, and so they picked one guy from every state. The president of the JCs called me and said, "I'd like you to represent Mississippi." So I go to the White House to meet Ronald Reagan. Wow! Um, we're wow. sitting in the Roosevelt Room, strangely enough, named <laughs> after Te- Theodore Roosevelt. Um, and the president, there was just barely room for. I was in the Roosevelt Room uh, about two months ago, and I, I thought, "Gosh, this room's smaller than I remember." I thought it was bigger, but um, in this smaller room with a, <laughs> about sixty of us, and I, I met the president. I heard him speak. Uh, he talked about the shining city on a hill, and um, I came home and told Deborah, "You know, I've got to do something." I was in the insurance industry. Had a company car, 401k, we're climbing a corporate ladder, but I wasn't making a difference. I wasn't helping anybody. I was helping ourselves. Um, and, and that was not in the 80s, so you thought we we're going to climb the corporate ladder and be a big shot. And um, I thought, no, we, we're going to help make sure people can live the American dream. Ran for the House of Representatives in 1991. Which you served for a while. And got elected. Served right. five years there. Uh, it was the same year Kirk Fordyce got elected uh, governor of the state of Mississippi. So he had, uh, first was Republican, 1991 elected, started serving in 92. Okay, his first Republican. Since Reconstruction. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so, and then he appointed you. you state auditor in 1996. Right, state so auditor. So state auditor right. has to resign, and, and we won't go into all of those, but uh, so the governor calls me and says, I want you to be state auditor. Uh, so uh, I took that job and um, served for 11 years. 11 years. 11 years of state wow. auditor. It was great, though. I got to, you know, be involved with my children because I'm right here in Jackson working. Right. And um, I get to go home and watch ball games and go home and watch Dancing with Katie and, and right. uh, Patrick and right. and Deborah. And um, then I run for lieutenant governor uh, and uh, get elected as lieutenant governor, served four years there. And in 2011, run for governor and 
Yeah, elected governor of the great state of Mississippi. It's come easy for you, hasn't it? It's happened in, overnight. Didn't yeah, it? oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like your career, yeah. it was so easy. Yeah, so easy. The it's nights easy. that I would get in my, I had a Ford F-150 pickup truck. I was the only Republican elected in 1999. I'd drive to DeSoto County, make hmm. a speech, have dinner with the Republican women, and drive back and go to work the next day or go to the <laughs> coast or go to Jones County, wherever they needed me. I would drive by myself night after night, weekend after weekend. Deborah and I would go to fairs, go to right. uh, parades, make speeches on every 4th of July, every Veterans Day. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. She had to be all in because oh, she she's, she's being pulled one way. And so she, well, has she always been really great at speaking as well? No, no she hates it. Well, I think she, she still doesn't think she is, but she is the most real, oh, down-to-earth caring yeah. well both of you are mom yeah she, well you're not a caring mom but, yeah i know but, but she's the but. most caring person that you would ever want to meet um she was out last week i think all over the state reading um again with her reading across mississippi i think at one point she said she hugged 300 children in one school she hugs every child in yeah, every classroom yeah. she goes in yeah. 300 children in yeah. one day Unbelievable. Um, and, and so yeah she's just she's remarkable and i i would not be here without deborah no without her yeah. support without her love without her caring without her admonitions um She's just the greatest thing in the world, and I love her dearly. Well, I we've been married forty-two years. Yeah, yeah, and you, you got another forty-two to go. I, yeah, that, that's that's. I think that's the way we close this puppy because <laughs> uh, it is about the the ladies in our lives who have who have gone through so much and behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, they have to learn to be able to handle all that and do mm. that. And she's done it with such grace. And she's just the bottom line is both of you guys are real. Yeah, Republican, mm. Democrat, Independent, whatever you yeah. know, you know me, Gov. I'm all about because I, I love. I want everybody to love me, sure, because I'm a music sure. guy. Yeah. The bottom and line is, do. you've been so. We've been so blessed to have you yeah. uh, take this much of of both of your lives and dedicate it to our great state of Mississippi. We have been in a Mississippi minute, way inside with one of my dear friends, Governor Phil Bryant. I've just been honored to have you on my show, well, Steve. Thank you for what you do for Mississippi. You are helping spread the word about this great state. And we are just forever indebted to you. Well, I'm all in. So all like, right, just let's like go you make are. some I music, love you, brother. Too. Let's do it. All right. Thank you. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.